Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Radio, and the catch, as most of you know, is a, a part of uh, our website and a daily devotional that I write every morning. And you can go to catchjohnfisher.com and sign up if you haven't yet, and you'll get it in your email every day. And uh, I think you'll find it a little bit refreshing, and I think probably a little different from most devotionals. It's not like a verse and then uh, uh, a talk about what it means in an application. It's, it's just we talk about more just talking about life. And the scriptures kind of come in uh, as we go. And um, it's a pretty exciting way of going about it. Right now, we are, we are, for the next few weeks, discussing a book called 12 Steps for the Recovering Pharisee like me, and we're talking all about pharisaical attitudes and how common they are to all Christians and how how do we get out of this because it's so easy to fall into judgment and and uh, measuring ourselves and comparing and gossiping and all of that stuff that just tears people apart, tears the body of Christ apart. It's just uh, uh, has no place uh, in in, in really God's will. So what we want to do is learn how to get over some of that. And uh, so this should be a very exciting few weeks. And uh, I, I was thinking about that, that song um, because that, that song we open up with is, is something I wrote God, 40 years ago, um, anticipating going to South Africa um, as a part of uh, an evangelistic crusade there. And, and I also kind of captured what was going on in the world at the time. The world is trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Do you really think we can? Um, it goes on to say uh, we go to school to find the answers, graduate, finding there are none. In our youth, we fight all kinds of battles. In the end, we've never won. The history books are all against us. Destruction is upon us still. To change, you'll find it have to find a way to make a river run uphill. Yeah, 40 years ago, uh, of course, we all know nothing's changed. And um, life is still difficult, and there are still extremely uh, horrific places uh, on the wor- in the world where it's, it's hard to, uh, to, to, to love and represent Christ and represent the truth. And uh, we're going to delve into that tonight because uh, we're going to talk uh, to uh, a a woman who is part of Woman Woman of Vision in Orange County and has made numerous trips to uh, Israel, Palestine, Gaza area. And uh, she has a real heart for that area. And, of course, you know 
uh, as you know, it's extremely complicated. The history of the conflict goes all the way back to biblical times, and uh, people are are uh, so many people, innocent people, are caught in the middle of this whole thing. And and uh, we're going to just talk with Joni. She's had firsthand experience there. Uh, she's been there uh, uh, eight or eight or nine times. So uh, this is going to be, uh, I think, a, a really uh, opening, eye-opening time, and hopefully uh, the Lord will help our, our desire, because we're talking a lot about mercy this week. We want God to show us how to think mercifully about people, and even people who might we might consider um, wrong people or people we might consider our enemies. We want to learn how to think mercifully about those people because God told us to love our enemies. And uh, mercy is extended to everyone. God didn't extend mercy just to a few people. And uh, everybody else has to pay. He sends us to everybody. And we, if we're going to represent him, we've got to do the same thing. And how do you do that in, in, in such a region of the world where people are having such a hard time living together um, we won't solve a whole lot tonight, but maybe we can just open the book a little bit and uh, become more more godly and, and merciful in our attitudes. So with that said, I would like to welcome Joni Rinborg. Welcome, Joni, to Blog Talk Radio. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed your uh, little chat about that, and actually... Um, <laughs> When you mentioned mercy, I I think of Women of Vision. It was founded about 25 years ago by some wonderful friends of mine, and I came along soon after. And it was founded by women who realized that uh, they lived in a very privileged place and had privileged lives, and it was real easy to just stay right there. But on the other hand, think what might happen if you look beyond those privileged lives to hurting lives all over the world. So that's what we began doing. And in 1995, we first the first teams went to um, Israel, Palestine, and they would come back with stories. I said, Joni, you've just got to go. You won't believe this. You've got to see this. And I said, you know, I'm, I came to Christ as an evangelical, and I'm really pro-Israel, and I, you know, I just can't quite get there. Well, one night, though, I was awake and reading the Bible in Genesis, and I read about Abraham, and his wife Sarah had died at the Kiriath Arba, in, uh, which is now near Hebron, uh, in mm-hmm. the land of Canaan. And um, and so Abraham said to the Hittite there, I'm a, I'm a stranger and a sojourner among you. Give me property among you that I may bury my dead. And Ephron of the Hittites wanted to give some land to Abraham. And, and But Abraham insisted on paying for the cave at Machpelah, which is there in Hebron, mm-hmm. where we... Some of you might have been. And um, 
He said, I will pay you the price you say it's worth, and no bargaining. Abraham did not bargain. He he, he uh, weighed out 400 shekels of silver and bought that land, and it just hit me. Here is Abraham, who'd been told that this land would someday be his, and he is paying for the land. He is not confiscating it, condemning what's there. He is paying a fair mm. price, and that turned me around. And mm. off I went on my first trip. And, uh, indeed, I did see a lot with my own eyes. And I would say okay. that... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, you, you, you've got to go just a little farther with that. I, I'm not quite making the connection. Abraham paid with his own money, so yes. why okay. why did why did that why did that change your mind about uh, going? Be- I'll outside? tell you, because in the West Bank, the Israelis were making settlements with abandoned, and they were confiscating land that was owned by Palestinians for these settlements, which was a totally uh, illegal by international law. And I kept hearing these stories of, of families who, whose land, whose homes were confiscated because they, the Israelis wanted to build a road. And so there was no payment. They just took the land. And mm. that story about Abraham said he was a real Jew and he did the right thing. And they are not doing mm. the right. So that I that was see. the point. Got it. That's very important. That's very important. Thank you so much. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> your first year, you you first went in ninety uh, seven. Is that right? Uh huh. <clears throat> and tell us <laughs> tell us just a little bit about what that first trip did for you. Well. I had been to Israel a couple of times before, but just on regular kind of tourist trips. And this Mm -hmm. was uh, with the the staff of World Vision in Jerusalem, uh, who helped helped us set Mm -hmm. up a plan. And um, so we were in the West Bank. We, We stayed in East Jerusalem, and we were in the West Bank and Gaza the whole time.
life mm. for Palestinians. And it's no wonder that so many Christians have left Palestine because a lot of them have relatives in the West that they can go to and they can leave. Life is so hard. But for mm. a lot of the Arabs, uh, um, uh, well, actually the Christians are Palestinians also, but th they can sometimes leave more easily. Uh, Palestinians have no papers, really. They have no country. They can't leave, and they, they generally have been tied to the land. And a lot of them have papers for their land that go back to the Ottoman Empire. But still, wow. if they want to build a house or add on to their house, they have to get a permit, which they are denied. And so if they build something, then it gets torn down very often. And so you just begin seeing things that are so unjust and I don't you just end up crying every night. That's what I did on my first trip. We all just had a good cry every night. Oh and my. so over the years, um we've we visited Gaza when we could before Hamas uh was voted in. There and we had we visited wonderful projects. I've never had such hospitality in my life as I've had from Palestinians in a refugee hmm. camp in these little cement block houses. If they have one can of soda, they will pass it around the room and share it with everyone. Hmm. They and if they have more means, they will give you a feast like you've never had. They are extremely hospitable, extremely friendly, and so grateful that we would come back the next time, the next year. Wow. What, uh, Joni, uh, is there, are there any things you're able to do there? What are you, what are you guys, something that you were able to accomplish uh, by being there? Well, yes, we we supported um, a number of projects. At that time, in 1997, mm -hmm. we we supported standalone projects like the Bethlehem Babies Home and uh, a um, an orphanage for Palestinian girls. Uh, boys had orphanages, but girls didn't. Ah, and so a friend uh, whom we met, Samar, she founded a home for girls, a Lazarus Home for Girls, which we supported for years. And we supported uh, the only child psychiatrist in um, Bethlehem. She actually was from California, but she married uh, an Armenian Christian in the old city, and she was uh, she founded uh, the only psychiatry center, psychology center for uh, traumatized children. And then we, we supported Sister Rose, who was a Catholic nun who had a little school for children so traumatized by war that they could not be mainstreamed. And so we we supported we raised the money at home and and supported these projects. And we're still doing it. 
after, hmm. uh, what, 17, That's 18 great. years so, Fantastic. yeah, we supported a lot of stand-alone projects uh, that World Vision needed us to help. And then and later we sub- supported uh, something called the Palestinian Church Engagement Initiative, where World Vision helped Palestinian uh, Christians be able to stay uh, there, and uh, and they provided a lot of help for... Palestinian Christian youth to encourage them, to teach them, encourage them uh, to stay there in Palestine. How is the Christian church there in Palestine? Well, it's ever diminishing. Uh, You know, it used to be very strong. But as I said before, life is so hard for for. Palestinians under occupation, that eventually people, especially with this wall that has been built uh, along the West Bank, some of it Mm -hmm. uh, encroaching into the West Bank, into the Palestinian land, where families who have maybe farms get separated from their lands by the wall. And Mm. eventually life can... Uh, and then the Israelis really do not encourage tourists to go to Bethlehem. And so the Bethlehem uh, shopkeepers have really suffered. Uh, they would rather just tell you, uh, we'll send you in on the bus and bring you right back out, but you don't need to shop there. We'll, uh, huh. You can come back and shop in Israel. And it's, um, it's just wow. kind of brutal existence and and yet they find joy and among uh I don't know if they right now but among uh, for years and years the Palestinians were the best educated of all Arabs because uh, during um the what they call the Nakba when Israel was founded in 1948 a lot of some of them left and went around the world and went to school and and uh, they've always been very school-oriented, and so they're very well-educated. And during the first Gulf War, it was Palestinian engineers who ran the Kuwaiti oil field. And so uh, they're not just farmers. Uh, They're very well-educated, and they're very school-oriented. And, you know, we found, most of all, what mothers and fathers want their children is to be safe and have a life and go to school. Wow. <laughs> Things that we certainly take for granted. Yes, and say. that's what we want for our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same thing. Same yeah. thing. No different. No different. Wow. What, you know, you said you were so pro-Israel before you went in there. Well, now... now now, what, what do you do with this injustice that you found, and what do you do with your? Uh, gosh, I mean, are you have you have you switched your positions, or uh, as as anyone listening to you right now probably knows, um, talking about Palestinians in America is a hard sell because yeah. America is very very influenced. 
by the Jewish lobby. Our congressmen are very, you know, are accused of being anti-Semitic if they say any little uh, criticism. And so, um, and, and some of our more extreme Christian churches are extremely pro-Israel, and they give Palestinian Christians not even a thought. These are our Christian brothers who are suffering. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it is, it's hard to talk about in America because um, America is very pro-Israel. And um, mm-hmm. so it's this tiny little voices talking to you. <laughs> <for instance. laughs> well, and, we appreciate. Uh, so you you can see some you can see some things that that uh, you know that Israel's doing wrong. I'm sure you can see things that Palestinians are doing wrong too. I would imagine. Absolutely. Right. Oh sure, of course. Uh, and uh, you the know, main thing when I, you know is is that you you pray for is is for justice and equality for the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. The problem is, you know, there was hope for a two state solution, but now when you look at the map of what the Palestinians, the land that they actually control, is like little tiny bits of Swiss cheese in the West Bank. Mm. I don't know how there could ever be a two-state solution. I mean, this is just my own personal thing because mm. it, that I, I I have trouble seeing a two-state solution because I don't think the Israelis want that. What they want is a one-state solution where they control everything. <laughs> and yeah. so and then it's not a democracy because soon the Palestinians will out, would outnumber them. And then um, they don't want to be outvoted and outnumbered. So it's a real conundrum. Wow. And meanwhile, and what what do the people want? If you, you know, if, if the people that you know in Palestine, you know, if they could somehow have the power to solve the problems, uh, what do you think they would do? Well, I think they always wanted just their own there in the West Bank and okay. um, their own, where they could control their own um, livelihood. Israel controls everything. The, the, the biggest aquifer in Israel is under the land in the West Bank and Israel controls it all. And the settlements have swimming pools and lawns and some Palestinian villages sometimes get water three times a week. Fill up your tank on the day that you have water, or else you will not have any. And it's um, they control mm. everything, every entrance, every egress, every uh, port, every... Uh, it, it's, you know, the Palestinians just wanted their own land side by side. Now, with the way the world is going, extremism is just creeping everywhere. And uh, yeah. Israel started out as a secular, uh, a secular state, um, and then a little by little, it became uh, the, the more extreme. 
religious uh, Jews uh, gained more and more power in their parliament. And uh, like a lot of countries, uh, the the governments have become more extreme. And um, um, Israel, I think, has certainly become more conservative and extreme. And talking about mercy, they're not, they're not mm-hmm. big on mercy. <laughs> when they, when they uh, you know, the Palestinians will shoot a few crummy rockets in and maybe over a week will kill six people and then cast lead is poured onto Gaza and 2,200 are killed. And, and, and Gaza is still can't get the materials they need to be rebuilt. People are still living in hovels, in crumbled, destroyed buildings. And um, it's, it's not equitable in any way. And it's, it's very painful to see. Mm. And it, I wish I could be more optimistic. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just go back and pray some more. For peace and justice. Wow. Wow. As a a Christian... Go ahead. Well, you know, since the 1967 war, they've been under occupation for 48 years. Now, a country under occupation, by international law, has a right to resist. So it's no wonder that some people have resisted, but with, when when young people, young men get so desperate that they're never going to be able to have a job or finish school or have a life or have any money to get married, they maybe will take a very serious other course and decide that it's better just to die a martyr. And... I, we have yeah. no idea of, of the depression and the way the children suffer because of the war that's gone on there. So, wow. and and I'm, I'm sure that's that's why the uh, groups like the uh, the uh, the uh, ISIS and the Islamic State gain power from yeah from those they offer. Situations. Yeah, they're offering a caliphate, I guess. And, um, you know, 48 years of occupation is a long, long time. Where under uh, international law, um, uh, groups of people are not supposed uh, to be moved. Citizens are not supposed to be moved and other citizens moved back in. Of, of the occupying country, well, look what's happened. That all of those settlements are illegal by international law, but wow. there's and they're they're everywhere. They control the roads. Most Palestinians can't even drive on the good roads, and uh, Israel does not uh, provide their their own Palestinian taxes. It's tough to get their taxes back that they've paid in for their own infrastructure. So, at any rate, I'm uh, I'm sorry, I'm going oh. on and on here. Is there? <laughs> you is have. There any, 
Be careful no, no, what you ask. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there any any hope? Well, I'll tell for you some better some better way. Well, there are awfully good people in Israel who recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh there's one group I'd like to mention called Betselem. It's uh the Israeli Information Center for Human Rights in the Occupied Territories. And they mm-hmm go in and they document whatever atrocity or event that's happened in the West Bank to make a record of it, a legal record of it. And they are Israelis who do this because they just saw long ago, this is not right. This Hmm. is not. We need to do something about this. And there are wonderful rabbis for human rights. But, you know, a lot of the more liberal peace element in Israel has just sort of been beaten down, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, um, Netanyahu is very strong. The conservative government Mm -hmm. is very strong there. So, But we love our Israeli friends. When we go there, you know, we put one arm around this Israeli on the right and an arm around our Palestinian friend on the left, and we're the Christian <laughs> in the middle praying for them. Uh, get together. Get together here. Well, gosh, so that's worth something. That's definitely worth something. Yeah. Wow. There's a, a well, book. Do we have a minute or are we finished? Yeah, oh, no, no, we do. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I went to a, a group in Orange County called Cousins, and there's uh, Palestinians and Jews and Christians who get together. It's called the Cousins Club. Ah. And uh, a guy, a young man spoke, Miko Piled, and his father was a famous general during the uh, 1948 war who became a pacifist in his later life. And Miko's hmm. Uh, Miko was his son, and Miko's niece was killed by a Palestinian uh, sniper. And he said, I just have to learn more about this. And so uh, he he met some Palestinian friends or people in San Diego, of all places, and started hearing what they were about. And he has written a really interesting book called The General's Son, Journey of an Israeli in Palestine. His name is Miko Pelid, P-E-L-E-D. And it is a great story about a a staunch, absolutely blue-blood staunch Israelis who founded Israel. And he Mm -hmm. uh, he is an heir of that. And he has seen the light in terms of what Israel has done to Palestine. So it's a very interesting wow. book. How, was, uh, how do you spell the last name? P- P-E-L-E-D. And his first name is Miko, M-I-K-O. Okay, fantastic. The General's Son. The General's Son. It sounds fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, what can, what, what, what should happen with Christians, um, you know who don't want to be Pharisees anymore. We want, 
We want to be recovering Pharisees. We want to be merciful towards everybody. Uh, what, how, what should we be doing to well, uh, at least start out with with understanding Palestinian Christians who are not dispensationalists, okay. if you know what that means, who don't believe. <laughs> You know, they're more mainlined. In fact, it was the mainline churches who went to Palestine many, many years, mm-hmm. hundreds of years ago. Um, uh-huh. And then, and then to just uh, know that there's always another opinion, and yeah. not blanketly condemn someone because they're a Palestinian, because there are lots of wonderful ones there. And. Yeah. Um, and they need our our prayers and our support and and just pray for Israel and Palestine because they're brothers, they're cousins, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Ish, Ishmael yeah. and Isaac. That's right. They're they're cousins. And uh, yeah, and and God bless them both. Absolutely, absolutely. He did, for sure. He took care of Ishmael in the <laughs> desert. And he certainly That's, did. Well, ah. yeah, they all, every, we all need prayer for our hearts. And mm-hmm. uh, and we need to pray for peace and justice in our own country, too, with those we may not yeah. agree with. Of so, course. And, okay, Always well, another question. There's always another opinion. I love that. Yeah. And uh, and perhaps we can find. Um, well, you've given us one one idea uh, of what to read. There was something else I wanted to pick out. You that the name of the organization, the Israeli organization that checks out. Um, yes. Uh, it's it's. Let me spell it for you. It's yeah. B apostrophe capital mm-hmm. T. S E L E M. Betselem. Okay. S E L E M. Okay. M. M is in mother. Yes, yeah, is in mother. And mm-hmm. uh, great. Bet, it says Bet-Sella. it endeavors to document and educate the Israeli public and policymakers about human rights violations in the occupied territories. Wow. Uh, so wow. they have a very so, hard job. Can we uh, find out about visit. that? You, if, you, if you ever go there, you go to their office mm-hmm. and they'll tell you what they do. Do you think, do you, could we find out anything about them online, do you think? Oh, sure, I'm sure. That would be great. So I'll encourage our people in that in that yeah. manner, too. They're a wonderful Israeli organization. And they they're very even-handed and they're... They just seek the truth. Hmm. Wow. Well, Joni, I can't thank you enough. I think you've just you've you've shared your heart with us, and um, I know I I feel like I'm much more sensitive to what's going on over there now, just after this brief half hour. So it, this has been extremely valuable. Well, and, thank you. Uh, I hope so. And, uh, I thank you. And will you think? Do you think you'll be going back? Well, we keep talking. We need another trip. The last trip we were there was for a wonderful conference called Christ at the Checkpoint, 
And I thought, when I heard that title, I I thought, oh man, that'll that'll stir up the Israelis. But but they let it be. It was in Bethlehem, and 500 Christians came from all over the world. Uh, wow. Christian pastors and teachers, and uh, to talk about what would Christ do at the checkpoint. Wow. That is fabulous. So uh, they may be having a, another conference. I haven't heard yet, but um, every few years they have one. Christ at the checkpoint. Uh, Christ at the checkpoint. I love. I love the title. Yeah, it's great, isn't uh, it? Yeah, it is. Um, so, uh, and I guess I, there is one question. I, I, I last question I thought of, and I just wonder how you deal with it. I, I'm sure at times you, you, you did you fear for your life? Did you fear danger uh, being in in, in no. a, you're in a war zone for heaven's sakes? No, the only time we were ever fearful is when we were at a checkpoint with an Israeli 18 year old with an AK-47. That's when we're huh. fearful. We were never afraid with the Palestinians ever once. Interesting. Wow. Because so well, for, one thing, <laughs> for one thing, they can't have guns. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, 12-year-old yeah. well, Israeli boys uh, in the West Bank can have guns. All the settlement people have guns. Yeah, uh, I mean, there are there are uh, there are shellings going on, aren't there? Back and forth. I mean, well, lately couldn't... there have been these attacks by, you know, one-off singular attacks by just it's those teenage boys with those hormones going again. I guess they just mm-hmm. can't stand it yeah. anymore. So they're going to be a martyr and kill somebody. Um, oh boy. Yeah, it's horrible. And so, but and then the retaliation back against the Palestinians is tenfold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so right. it's a, it's a, seems hopeless. Um, so how did but, that turn out? I really want to know how it turned out with the eighteen-year-old Israeli with the AK-47. <laughs> well, they they just rule the checkpoint, and that's yeah. where you have to go through. Uh, to uh-huh. go from one place to another. They're the ones who have guns, and they're young, and they're sometimes uh, cocky, and mm-hmm. they have total power there over everybody, over all every Palestinian. And what's sad is what it does to a Palestinian father to be humiliated at a checkpoint in front of his children. That's oh, what's my. really sad. That's just oh, heartbreaking. And and they can't do anything. They just have to look down and shuffle their feet. Yeah. It's very, very sad. Well, Jesus knows about that. Yes, he does. To be humiliated and... Um, and oh. saddened, saddened about... Yeah about no mercy. <laughs> you were talking about mercy. Yeah. No mercy. We need a lot more mercy here. 
Yeah, we do. We do. Ah, Tony, thank you so much. Yeah, I assume yeah. we're long off and you and I are just talking now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we keep running. The oh, show okay. is running. Yeah, okay. we, we try to... We try to keep it to thirty minutes, but we don't do yeah. a very good job because it because we have such a good time. So okay. uh, yeah. well, that's allowed. <laughs> yeah, it's allowed. all right. Well, it's God allowed. bless you all. And, okay, Joni, thank you so much. God bless you. Okay, thank Bye-bye. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. You all heard that, and I hope that um, that you will go get your friends and tell them to listen to this on demand. This could be one of the more important blog talk radios or podcasts we've we've ever had, in my opinion. And uh, uh, I'm certainly going to encourage everyone I know to listen to this. Uh, I think it could be 30 30 or 40 minutes. It could uh, change your life. It's certainly a hope change your mind and some opinions. But hopefully in the end, like Joni says, make us all much more merciful. I want to underline just a few things here that we found. Uh, The book she mentioned sounds fascinating, The General's Son by Miko Peled, P-E-L-E-D, a general in the the 1948 war, Israeli general who turned pacifist, and now his son has uh, been in, in, involved in Palestine for quite some time and what he sees and says about what's going on. Gosh, it sounds really fascinating. And uh, then uh, uh, Christ at the Checkpoint. I'm not sure what we would do with that. I just love the title. And uh, uh, But it seems like Christians are rallying around. We are getting some some Christians who are supporting the believers there in Palestine pray for the believers in Palestine. Um, it seems like they're <clears throat> they're dwindling because many are probably leaving, unfortunately, because uh, it's just not it's not safe and there's no hope and there's no future there. Uh, it's hard to stick around when when you don't when your land's been divided up and you don't know what what you can do. Um, this is a this will be interesting to follow. So, um, God, to open our eyes and our understanding and make us looking for justice and equality and fairness on all sides and pray for, um, simply pray for the believers where, especially in these areas, that that they would show uh oneness and they would show love and mercy towards one another. I love that picture of Yoni hugging uh, an Israeli and a Palestinian on the, one on each side. We need uh, to show that in Christ we are one. We come together in him. And I think that's where the church could actually um, uh, do a whole lot of good simply by just being who we are. So uh, I think that's it for tonight. Um, I hope you will invite your friends to listen in and um, go back to uh, blog talk radio forward slash the catch and you can uh, find this on demand and you'll be able to find it 
uh, weeks and months from now, you can come back and find it. It's still there because I, I pray God will, will bless this half hour um, and uh, use it to help us all learn more about mercy. So uh, God bless you all. to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together.